Jesus, thank you very much uh, for Becca. Thank you for what you have taught her over these weeks and that she has a word from you for us. We just ask that you would empower her, uh, that this would be a word that that really comes into our lives through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I pray for our community to be built up with these words of encouragement. Mm -hmm. Bless this time in teaching in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, good morning. I looked at Ryan yesterday and I was like, happy July. And he's like, it's mid-July. It's like, oh yeah, well, I'm just behind. So it's been a crazy summer for me. Um, not for any particular reason. It just feels like a crazy season. Um, so I just want to start a little differently today. If you would humor me to just bow your heads and close our eyes. Um, I'm going to walk just because I want to chair. But um, as you close your eyes, just take a deep breath in and out. And think about where you came from this morning, what you came from. Maybe some of you woke up early, went on a walk or had coffee and relaxed. That's my dream morning. Maybe some of you have little people that make your morning a little bit more chaotic. Maybe you came from a frenzied time of trying to get out the door. Wherever you came from, I just want you to recognize it, give it a nod, and then hand it over to the Lord and say, okay, now I am here, and now I am present And thank you for this time to be away from the noise and the busyness and the needs around me and to just sit and hear from you, Father. That's our desire this morning. That's my desire is to be part of hearing and waiting and listening. And so we give you this time, God. We ask that you would meet us personally. Thank you, God, that you show up. Thank you that your spirit does blow through the caverns of our soul. That is so powerful and cool that you do that. Amen. All right, thanks. I'm going to read this morning from the Gospel of John. Um, And this is really born from where Otto took us last week. So if you weren't here last week, Otto talked about the process of waiting. And waiting being a gift and waiting being hard and countercultural for us. Um, He said something that made me laugh out loud. And I think I was the only one that laughed out loud. But he talked about... I don't know what you said, but this was the picture in my mind because I just last, the week before, bought a new popcorn popper. Popcorn's a big part of my life. And um, this is a microwavable bowl, so it's like silicone or something, but you can just air pop it in the microwave. It's awesome. Um, But I thought of like my desire to just be able to put my heart or my spirit in the microwave and just press the, you know, quick start and then like I get 
perfect spiritual popcorn. But that's just not God's way. It's slower. So anyway, you spoke also, Otto also talked about um, fruit and bearing fruit and agriculturally, like that is a huge metaphor in the Bible throughout Old Testament and New that God speaks of us being fruit bearers and that, um, and this image of gardening. And when you spoke about that, Otto, my heart just kind of sank because I am a terrible gardener. I'm like the blackest of black thumbs. I've killed cactuses. I've, I just, and, and the thing is like, I just don't have a desire to do it either. Like I appreciate flowers and growth, but I don't really want to do the work. Um, so that's a confession. So when you said that, I was like, oh, gardening. <laughs> but, and, and not just uh, gardening, but like, oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm bad at this. Like, I'm bad at the spiritual life was kind of the implication. And then, sweetly as God does, he reminded me, but you're not the gardener. You're the garden. And that was very refreshing because it takes all the responsibility, or not all, but much of the weight and burden of feeling like I need to know what needs to be pulled versus what needs to be nurtured versus like where there's like what to plant in this arid climate. You know, all those questions are not my questions or concerns. Those are God's questions and concerns. And I am to be the garden. So that led me to this sweet passage. I just always love going back to this. John, um, more than the other Gospels, John gives us this long speech, prayer, benediction, love letter from Jesus as he is kind of saying goodbye to his disciples. He's about to go into Gethsemane and the time of... um, the cross, but he gives John, the Gospel of John has this long, I don't, yeah, you can call it a lot of things, but um, talk that Jesus gives, and it has this very sweet parental tone to it where Jesus is just reminding his disciples of the most significant things that he can remind them of. And so just listen as I read. This is John, verse 1, or sorry, chapter 15. I'm going to read probably verses 1 through maybe 9. Again, Jesus is saying, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown out and withers. Skipping down to verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. As I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. 
I think that someone said when you're reading the Bible, if a word is repeated twice, pay attention. If it's repeated three times, pay close attention. Remain is used, I think, 11 times in seven verses there in John 15. That word remain. And it's this very interesting thing because it's a command to remain, but it's, a, it's like a passive thing that we do. It's not go pull those weeds, go do this, go do more work. It's an invitation to be in God. What does that mean even, to remain in God? He's not saying, as, he, as Jesus pleads with the disciples when Gethsemane comes, like, stay awake, stay awake with me, watch with me. It's not what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying remain with me. He's saying remain in me. That's so mysterious but so beautiful, that invitation to remain in God. Going back to the gardening It's this being grafted in. And I don't know. Have you ever grafted anything, George? You have? Okay. So I don't know anything about that. Shocking. But I have seen a tree that has been grafted. And it's really cool. Like you cut off the branch of one type of tree. And you can make it grow on another tree. That is so bizarre. But... That is what God is saying, is that you and I are somehow intimately grafted in to the vine that is Jesus. God, the gardener, has cut us off and married us in to the life and power and being of Jesus. That just like gives me chills. Well, how, how are we to think about this remaining? How do we go about day in and day out? Remaining in Jesus. There's certain things we do in the church that reminds us, or reminds us of our remaining in, and that's the communion that we take, the Lord's Supper. We drink his blood, we eat his flesh. We're rem- remembering that he is part of who we are, and we are part of who he is. We are claiming his life for our own. There's God's word. He says later in John, like, my word remains in you. So as we read and meditate on his word, that is part of us taking in who he is into our being and living that out. Um, There's the Holy Spirit who remains in us. He lives in us. I love that Rory, my four-year-old, tells people, and she doesn't know that some people think this is a weird thing to say, but she says... We're in God's heart. Do you know that we're in God's heart? And she said that to my stepmom, and my stepmom was not well-versed in Christian theology, and she just said, well, that seems like a really good place to be, Rory. (laughs) (laughs) And it is. It's so good to live in God's heart. Um. think that as I thought about how this relates in life, something that God kind of nudged was day in and day out remaining means to pay attention. Are you paying attention to the gardener? 
or are you too busy trying to be the gardener? Where is he working? Because the cool thing is, whether we're paying attention or not, he is working in our lives. But it's such a blessing when we start paying attention. When we look at our circumstances, instead of being good or bad, but we just say, God is doing something in this. I guarantee you he is. He's working. He might be churning up the soil before he plants new things. He might be pruning hard things back. And that doesn't feel good, but he is at work in your heart. You are the garden. Are you paying attention to what the gardener is trying to do? It is a gift when we start having eyes to see that. Instead of feeling busy and pressured to do the right thing, to read the right scripture, to spend the right amount of time with God, everything we do in this life can be part of just opening our eyes and paying attention to where the gardener is working. That is our job. That's all it is. So today's call for us is not to do more. It might be actually that we need to do less. Don't try so hard. Just open your eyes to where the Father is working. Praise him for what he's doing. Trust the process a little bit. Trust the gardener. And yeah, waiting is a big part of it. Unfortunately, maybe. Because it's hard to wait. This book, I read this this week. This auto is the part that's just for you. Not just for you, it's for anyone that wants it. But... I read this this week, and I was like, okay, okay, God, I hear you. This author has some really amazing things to say. Um, she says, I wrote it down because I didn't want to go to that page, but now I can't find it. Um... Sometimes it is necessary to remind myself that I am not self-sufficient and never have been. In other words, I am not the gardener. I am not supposed to be the gardener, and I was never meant to be the gardener. I am the garden, and I wait. And waiting seems at odds with progress. We seldom ask whether it might have a purpose in and of itself. But etymology of the word helps us here. For when we look up the word wait, we, we are instructed to see vigor. Waiting, then, is not passive, but a vigilant and watchful activity designed to keep us aware of what is really going on. Waiting is not passive, but a vigilant and watchful activity designed to keep us aware of what is really going on. Isaiah evokes this radical waiting as a source of vitality. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And I love that. This invitation to remain in Jesus is an invitation of paying attention. The waiting is part of that exercise of paying attention to what is really going on around us. We're so tempted to think that life is about answering emails and getting kids to the right activities and 
whatever, succeeding at a career. But life is about staying in the vine, being authentically attached to the lifeblood of who Jesus is. That is the work. Do the right work. Pour yourself into the work of remaining in Jesus. There's a second part of Jesus' sweet speech that he gives, and it's in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. And before we go today, I want to remind us, and I, I fear that this is, we become um, numb to this message maybe, because we hear it and we say, yeah, 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 I know that. But if we don't know that we are to remain in God's love, we are in great danger of stepping out into this world and either being told we are unlovable because everything around us tells us we're not enough. We don't measure up. Every advertisement we see or hear is telling us that we're missing something. Advertising is designed to create anxiety within us to say, I don't have what it takes. I need that. God says, remain in my love because who I say you are is the voice you must believe in. And if you're going to believe it, you have to hear it every day. You are loved. Not generally because he created us as mankind and so mankind is loved. You specifically, are loved. Yes, you're full of mistakes and you're a mess, but you're God's mess. And he is the gardener that is pruning and nurturing and growing in you a good work. And it's not the work you chose, it's the work he chose for you. And it's going to look different than your neighbor. It's going to probably be different than the work you want. Oh, I love the way she does that. You know, I grew up in Young Life. If you've ever had a Young Life leader stand up and just crack jokes, super energetic, fun, I thought that was, like, so cool. And I wanted to be that so badly. And I am so not that way. And when God showed me, like, it's okay to be the quiet one. That's who you are, Becca. It was such a precious gift to me. Remain in my love. Don't go looking to the world to tell you what makes you lovable, because it will lie. Remain in his love for you, specifically, day in and day out. I'm sick of feeling guilty over, or hearing my friends feel guilty over not spending the right amount of time or the right space with God. Everything you're doing, every place you go, is God's space if you ask him to show up for you. This was such a sweet gift. I 
God showed up and because I was paying attention, I saw it in silly ways this week. One of them was Ryan called and he just said, you're just such a good mom. And of course, I thought in my head, if he only knew how untrue that is. <laughs> but I had randomly, Bo, my six-year-old daughter, was supposed to go to this gymnastics camp, and it didn't work out. And so she was real disappointed. And I just said, well, let's just put on our own camp. And now, maybe some people would do like this really elaborate thing, but that just meant like we invited four girls over, and we had water balloons. And that was, that's as good as I can do, okay? So, but Ryan called and said, like, and just, like, gave words of affirmation. And then, and I think because I'm trying to pay attention this week, I was like, God, I just needed that encouragement. And so it came in that day from my husband saying I'm a, such a good mom, basically because I bought water balloons and had girls over. <laughs> um, and then yesterday came, I was mowing the lawn which is not a fun thing to do in the middle of the day. But yesterday, it wasn't that hot, and there was this breeze. Now, in Colorado, where I grew up, wind was not my favorite thing because it's like these Chinook winds that just drive people insane. Actually, literally, like the women on the plains used to go insane because of these winds. It's just like a tunnel of, I guess, air coming off those mountains. But yesterday, the wind was very different. It was like that cool breeze. I think maybe you hill country people know about. And it was amazing. And I was like, God, you are in this breeze and in this moment. And you love me. And I'm like watching these fluorescent crickets like hop out of the way of my lawnmower. And it was such a cool, holy experience. It wouldn't have been if I wasn't paying attention. It would have been a chore like a lot of things are chores. We do so many things day in and day out. But that's how God created us, is to have to sustain our well-being and our relationship. And every day, pay attention. Every day, let him remind you that you are so loved for who he has made you to be, for the garden he is nurturing in you. Allow him to be the gardener. And then just show up. Remain. Let him open your eyes to how he's working. In you, through you, around you. And if that feels scary, you know, I've, I've just been around long enough. I'm almost 40. Not quite. I've been around long enough and heard enough people's hearts to know that there's just a lot of fear in starting to pay attention because it's like well what if i what if i stop and pay attention and there's just nothing there like i really don't feel connected to god i don't feel hopeful about that relationship and if that's your if that's where you are i just i want you to hear that that is okay that god that doesn't mean god is not working it doesn't mean that he's abandoned your garden just keep showing up. You know, read through the Psalms if you need a place to start. It's a beautiful book of poetry, of songs written to God from places of hardship, places of worship, places of sorrow, places of fear. 
So don't let the fear or let the enemy tell you paying attention is dangerous. The world will tell us paying attention is dangerous. The enemy will tell us paying attention is dangerous. But I promise that as we begin that process, God will meet us in that. Remain in me as I will remain in you. That is a promise. Father God, thank you for this time. Though it's a simple message, and honestly, God, it feels like the message I, the only message I know (laughs) is that you love us, like, so much. Each and every one of us. And sometimes I want there to be something new to teach because I'm just kind of like, I, I think I said that last time. But if this is my banner, God, if this is the only thing I know, let it be that I am loved. And so are these people in front of me. And out of that love, we begin to overflow and spill out love onto others. We just can't help it. I pray that for this group. I pray that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear what you're doing in our gardens. Thank you so much, Lord. Amen. That's all I got. I hope you you guys have a good day. (laughs) The end.